coming up this week on the Course of Life podcast. We had a double walk-off from Rory and Steph. We get all into the golf action from this past weekend in the Barbersall Championship and a fun note from the LPGA as well. Plus, it is the Open Championship week. It's here. The countdown to our Ireland trip is here as well. I can almost taste the Guinness. We'll get into all the details coming up. Plus, we're tuned into some blockbuster hype around movies this summer and tennis. That's right, tennis. Plus, this week's guest, we have Alyssa Kesar back on the show. You know her as the new lady golfer on Instagram. She just got back from Ireland and gets us ready for our bucket list trip that's right around the corner. It's Outback Steakhouse, bread talk, plain eating, and a restaurant review when we always end with food. And all of it on this week's episode brought to you by our friends at Desert Fox Golf. We love talking about Desert Fox Golf because they're the best source for golf events and large-scale golf gear for any size group they do customized gear whether it's the desert fox phone caddy the swing a tumbler the cigar holder or anything else they have to offer on desertfoxgolf.com it's a great fit for any large event if you're hosting a large event be sure to tell them course of life sent you and if you order over 100 pieces you get a 100 cash referral just for booking your order with Desert Fox Golf. That's right. It's a really great locally run company in Arizona that does everything for you, putting out great golf products for your cart, your gear, and a good time. So again, check them out at desertfoxgolf.com. interwebs and welcome to course of life we are proud to be presented by our friends at desert fox golf and the live take app i'm michael he's alex and alex all of the drama was in the greater english continent island area over there across the pond between london and the scottish open and let's start at the scottish open before we go to all the other drama that happened outside of golf too because it was just a drama filled weekend of good sports weekend everything great weekend uh Rory McIlroy has now won just about every single open championship out there. Now mm, claiming yes. the Genesis Scottish Open with his birdie birdie finish to claim the victory over local uh, Scotsman Robert McIntyre. So does this now mean Rory's not going to win this weekend? <laughs> it's that week before the major thing, which is yep. weird. We've been seeing a lot of big names do that in recent years and and you always kind of wonder as you go to the betting window god i don't really know if it's going to strike two, two weeks in a row i guess he's maybe one of the few players in the world that could overcome that successfully and, and play well at a course he's already won at but it is a little bit of a weird vibe where it's like great to see him in this form but also don't know if he's going to repeat that feat with with a winning performance two weeks in a row and like you said he's you said it, he this guy's the king of open championships so we got the scottish open we are going to be very locked into the Irish Open, which we'll have a lot of coming in in the future weeks of the Course of Life podcast. Uh, what else has he got, Mike? He's got a U.S. Open, right? He's got, a, he's he's got, a, he's got an open. He's got an open open. He's got a Canadian the, Open. He's got a yep. Canadian Open. I think he won a couple in Australia or Asia as well, too. So he's the king of the Opens, basically. Uh, so another impressive uh, win for him. And for me, it's the knockdown, the second shot on 18. He hit this blistering low fade that maybe didn't go 20, 25 feet off the ground into a 30-mile-an-hour breeze, Mike. Get ready for those words from me. Yeah, okay, you, yep. That's a precursor of things to come, but Rory seemed to tame it perfectly. Uh, birdie, birdie finish to get it done. Very impressive and heartbreak, like you mentioned, for the local Robert McIntyre. 
Yep, I'm just shouting out other names that did very well during the week. Of course, Robert McIntyre, we have to think, what's he going to do at the Open in a week mm, uh, this yeah. next weekend? Uh, Scotty Scheffler, <laughs> another top five, top ten finish here. Tied the worst, for third. Yeah, the <laughs> worst number one ranked golfer maybe ever. Like, like it's like it's like the worst best golf ever from Scotty Scheffler. Yeah. He's just like, he's like never at the top of the board, but he's always finishing in the top five or ten. I don't think he's exited the top ten or twenty in like a ridiculous amount of months. But yet we all feel like something's wrong with him. It's a strange spot that he finds himself in right now. Uh, we talked about the Hoygard twins last week, and Nikolai did very well again. Tie six. Terrell Hatton, Tommy Fleetwood would one of them raise the Claret Jug next weekend. And uh, Tom Kim, he's the other one, which I think is worth pointing out. He did finish poorly, bogey, double bogey. But Tom Kim, could he win, hoist the Claret Jug? Yeah, I mean, he's possibly on the list as well. My picks were circling last week. Didn't get the winner, obviously, because of Rory. But I had McIntyre, I had Tom Kim, and I had Fleetwood. God, Tommy Fleetwood, Mike. I said this last week, and now we say it going into a major championship on his home turf. The guy is super overdue for a win. I don't know if it's going to be on a major stage like this week. But, I mean, how do you not put him on your card to at least finish in the top five or ten this week? The guy's just a leaderboard maggot this summer. It's it's just crazy that he hasn't won. He's been very close these last few weeks. His play is very good. So you got to think he's riding the right high right now as we head into the Open Championship, which we'll talk about more of in a little bit. For now, though, let's talk about the Barbasol. They were outside of Lexington, Kentucky for that event, which I, I think got uh, didn't get as much um bluster maybe as we we would we would think it should get now it was a birdie fest in a certain aspect um it always gets a little bit overshadowed there was obviously the tv mess of the sunday tea times getting moved forward at the scottish open so everyone on golf twitter was in a kerfuffle over that and, and missing the appropriate parts of the sunday action and all that but in the end the barbersaw was the afternoon closer for pga tour fans and it it did come down the stretch to a playoff between vincent norman and a debut pro mike nathan kimsey literally making his first PGA Tour start. He could have made history, but Norman, after kind of fumbling the bag on the 18th hole, got it done in the playoffs. So shout out Vincent Norman getting his first PGA Tour win. Hey, listen, Barbasol, Travelers, Wells Fargo, it counts. It counts as a PGA Tour win, so he's on the board. That's right, indeed. It, you know, too bad for Nathan Kimsey led a 64 on Sunday. Isn't enough to win a championship for you? Pretty wild first event on tour almost yeah. one that would have been crazy i think that that was only done once maybe like 30 40 years ago or something like that so close call for kimsey we'll definitely see both those names in the years to come for sure so vincent normie now gets to be the fish out of water and hop on a plane and get all the way over to the open championship i love that that's play. so awesome so good for him good yeah. for him uh let's talk about some other things that happened in the world of golf the lpga tour uh had the Dana open and and really other than Lynn Grant winning her first LPGA tour title nice. coming over yep. from Europe. So good for her. We got to talk about the high schooler. <laughs> yeah, um, this is my my segment I love to bring up where I bring up uh, astonishingly great LPGA accomplishments early in life that make us feel inadequate yes. as 30 something year old adults that can't play the game and, and may never break par in our life. Um, this is a 15-year-old girl, Mia Hammond, who is a sophomore in high school, Mike. Sophomore in high school, Monday qualified, unbelievable performance, makes the cut and plays the weekend, plays all four rounds. Um, 
really impressive stuff. Uh, love making you feel inadequate with another teenager doing amazing things on the LPGA tour. Yeah, you know, I just know I'm inadequate. I've just settled with my inadequacies, but I like <laughs> to tell people that I am far more superior than they are. So this just, is one of those situations where I would love to just like play around with her at a municipal course and just and and just kind of use her as a ringer and just be and just challenge two guys that think they're they're king shit at a golf course yeah. and just absolutely take them down because Mia Hammond would definitely do that. She's clearly got no nerves at 15, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see her qualify for or better yet, not even qualify. She might get some exemptions into some future LPGA events off this performance, so it should be interesting to see. I mean, the future of women's golf looks great between her and Rosang, so it's. It's just like seriously, yeah. it's it's going to be great, great few uh, maybe maybe decade or two on the LPGA tour for sure. The uh, ACC celebrity event was in Lake Tahoe. This really is only important because Steph Curry just is always fun to watch on the golf Dude, course. This guy, like, <laughs> can he save some talent for the rest of the world? It's like, do you do you have to be this good at everything? It's kind of ridiculous, man. Like. Let's let's just review. Um, I'm going to lead with the most important uh, part of Steph Curry's career. Um, he helped help co-produce Holy Moly. Let's let's yeah. remember that. Okay. Mm-hmm. All yeah. right. So let's get that career highlight out first and foremost. Also, comma he has four NBA championships and, and multiple MVPs. Comma the guy is basically a scratch golfer, and he took down the field for the first time at the basically the Super Bowl of celebrity golf in Lake Tahoe. They played every year. It was on NBC. Beautiful waterside vibes and a walk-off eagle, Mike. Yeah. I know you saw the highlight on Saturday as well, too, but the celebrations absolutely ringing through for Steph Curry all weekend. The, the hole-in-one and him running the entire length <laughs> yes. of that par three to get to the green and get the ball. And then just the the exuberance of that that uh, that eagle putt to win uh, on 18 as well. This is the kind of celebration we want in golf. You know, we want to see these I guys loosen their shit is what we want. So it does. It does make you think, like, why can't uh, an exuberant PGA Tour player just start running around the green? Like, I remember yeah. I vaguely remember Aaron Baddeley taking kind of a victory jog lap in recent years. But I, I want someone to just go full sprint crazy mode. Like if they win the waste management ne- ne- next <laughs> winter or something like that, that would be an absolute scene. And Curry provided that in Tahoe. Uh, it's just it's unbelievable. You know. You'd think like that would only carry over in basketball. Here he is with one putt to win, a three-pointer at the buzzer. Lo and behold, he steps up, cool as a cucumber. It, the putt was never not going in. Uh, so really impressive stuff for Steph Curry. As if we don't blabber on enough about his basketball game, he's also an amazing golfer too. Unbelievable. We also need to shout out past guest and former Red Sox uh, world champion, Kevin Millar. Thanks. Yeah, I think top ten for Kevin or something. Like that. He was playing very well. Yeah. Got some got some shine on NBC, and the game's coming around for him. He was talking about how he'd been working on his driver swing when we had him on the podcast a couple months ago. Be sure to check the archives for that interview. That's a great conversation I had with him in person in Dallas, and he's hitting it big on the uh, the celebrity golf circuit. So hopefully, maybe Kevin gives himself a chance at one of these titles in, in the years to come. All right, Alex, I want to ask you a question based on uh, some some revelations that came out over this past week. Mm, uh, and yes. that is that if I gave you a, uh, a literal uh, truckload of cash, mm-hmm. would you let me uh, get to do whatever I want in the world of golf and have membership to Augusta and the RNA and all this stuff? Probably, yeah, I would. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's exactly <laughs> what Piff Chairman, uh, His Excellency Yasser, Al Ramayan, yep. I'm getting good at it. Uh, was said, you know, was supposedly wanted to get 
in some of the original proposals of this live versus live and PGA merger, whatever we're calling it. Um, and, and it just, I read that original proposal and some of the points that came out of that, that came out of the, the congressional hearing this week. And it was just kind of like, how did we get past this and keep talking? <laughs> yeah. yeah and, and the funny one I saw was Tiger c- captaining and playing yeah. full time on and his own Rory. live team. Yeah. T- Tiger Woods playing 15 events a year. That's, that's going to happen <laughs> it, soon. Yeah. It sounds like this whole original proposal from, from the PIF was a non-starter for the PGA tour. And I just right. wonder how we then got from there to here. <laughs> <laughs> the Augusta membership reminded me of just like a classic moment you see in TV or movies where you're just where What you do is you kind of throw in something at the end and you mix it in between like a salad of different requests as well too. Yeah. So basically it's kind of like when, when you're leaving the house and you're telling your wife, like, I'm going to go, yeah. So I'm going to go out to home Depot. I'm going to fix the backyard. I'm going to wash the car. We're going to go to the golf course. I'm going to go over to target and then I'm going to get those groceries you wanted and I'll be back. Sound good. Say, so, well, what was that? Wait, what, what did you mix in there? <laughs> oh, you mean target? No, 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 not, not the groceries. Yeah. The golf course. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to get 18 holes in as well today. I forgot to mention that too. Yeah, actually, I love it might the, be, yeah. it might be 36 actually. <laughs> we'll might, see how it goes. It might, I don't know. There could be traffic too. It's just a thought. I don't know. I just had to slide that in there. I love the way he just slid this. Oh, and by the way, Tiger and Roy are going to be captains. I'm going to get a membership to Augusta national. Uh, wait, wait, excuse me. What was that? What was that? <laughs> it really, really caught everyone off guard there. Uh, but honestly, it's so ridiculous. I kind of commend him for trying to slide it in there. You know, while he's taking over the entire world of golf and just grabbing it all for himself, he's also asking for like the most prized membership in the world. I, I commend the balls and the gall of him to ask for something like that at this moment. Just, just crazy. And once again, it illustrates just how much was going on behind the scenes between very few people to orchestrate a deal for Saudi Arabia to sport wash to their heart's content and buy the yeah. world of golf. So that's my <laughs> commentary on all of that for the goofy, moment. Goofy <laughs> stuff from, from the live merger. And yeah, obviously these goofy wild headlines will we'll cease to end for sure yep. all right let's talk about the open championship this is maybe where the wheels came off for real on the whole pga tour live golf drama last year where cam Ooh, smith yeah. hoisted the claret jug and then shortly after he bolted his way to live golf where he is looking to defend of course they are at uh royal liverpool which is where rory mcelroy won his open championship. So we have, yep. I'm going to say two defending champions this week, and it's going to be really interesting. I would love to see the two of them paired come Sunday. And that was kind of a little bit of the duel last year. If you remember, there yeah. was that, that vibe that Rory could come through and get it done. Uh, but alas, Cam Smith did win last year and he is the defending champion. Rory kind of defending last week's crown, kind of defending the 2014 crown at Liverpool. Obviously, he's topping the betting list as the favorite. Pretty much five to one odds to win on Rory, like what, like a leaps ahead of Scotty Scheffler around seven or eight to one. Uh, so that tells you kind of where the odds makers are placing him. It, it feels like it's his to lose. I hate to say it yeah. like that, but he's in that rare space of form and comfort and where he is in the globe. This is when he thrives. This feels like a major that could be taken down by him. But truth be told, Mike. I'm looking in a different direction for my picks. I am. I, I mean, there's there's so many guys playing really well right now that you want to have win this major. Scotty Scheffler hasn't finished outside of the top 12 since October. Since October, he's been in the top 12. <laughs> it's absurd. <laughs> it's football season. Scotty Scheffler has been in the top 10 every week. <laughs> I know. John Rahm won the Masters. Uh, again, Rory back at the course where he won. Ricky, who finished uh, – 
in tie for second at Royal Liverpool in 2014. How about a player that has four <laughs> top tens in the open that also won a major championship this year who you haven't mentioned yet? Mm, that can be interesting. Brooksy? How about Brooksy Kepka? Around 20 to and, 1. Not a bad look. And the, the other guy I'm going to throw out there is the only guy, the last player to go back to back at the Open Championship who's also playing very well. Do you know who I'm talking about? Hmm. Also playing well back to back. Mm, he's no, not on liking. the PGA Tour anymore, though. Oh, geez. Not, no, not Phil. Patty, not, Patty Harrington. Oh, well, <laughs> I have my, so I have my Run Your Pool article up and I have a prop bet article as well, Mike. The top senior prop bet, you can bet on the top guy 15 over. Oh, yeah. Hammer, hammer Padre Harrington. <laughs> oh, so much. <laughs> but, uh, unload your life savings responsibly, <laughs> responsibly, responsibly within your own means. Yeah. Unload your life savings on Padre Harrington to win that. Basically, all he's got to do is he's got to beat Phil and he's got to beat Stuart Sink, your boy. That's After that, pretty much everyone's out of contention. So and also, I like Padre Harrington to be the top senior. If the other else. thing here with Patty Harrington, he is one of eight players in the field who's competed at Royal Liverpool in 2006. 2014 and now in 2023. So he's okay. got a lot of course knowledge <laughs> coming it in. It could here. be a local. How about Shane Le- Lowry, an Irishman who's won mm-hmm. the Open before? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. You know, again, we mentioned Tommy Fleetwood. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. The other name who's actually riding, riding under the radar, who's won an Open in recent years. Jordan Spieth's game is not. Yeah. I would, say, I would not say it's really in super great form. But this is one of those tournaments where he lets his creativity fly. He uses the ground as his friend. He hits a lot of different shots. I think he gets a little bit out of his head when he's just playing a classic link style golf where he doesn't overthink things. I'm putting Jordan Spieth on my card. Take a look at runyourpool.com for my full list of picks. But that, that's a tease of who I might like this week. All right, let's switch over to Tuned In, where we share what we're tuning into outside of the world of sports. And really, it's not just sports, it's golf. It's really outside of the world of golf, because we have to talk about Wimbledon. This is where the other drama was in Europe during the weekend, because we had a unseated women win, and we had Novak Djokovic lose for the first time in like 50 years of Wimbledon. <laughs> yeah, a couple shockers in the final. Ong Jabor was like a going away favorite to win that final and uh, was definitely surprised in that upset victory. And then on the men's side, Mike, what an epic final that was. Yeah. I rarely tune in for like more than 80% of a tennis match in full, but I was in for all of that finale, which lasted almost five hours. And Carlos Alcaraz, Mike, I, I told... My dad and my wife, who I was watching with, as Alcaraz was beating Djokovic, this is kind of like imagine a young Rory McIlroy staring down Tiger Woods in his prime and beating him. That's kind mm-hmm. of the vibe I was getting. You're, you were seeing the next generation being ushered in, this 20-year young star getting it done like on the biggest stage. It was, it was very cool to see in real time. Yeah, I mean, this is this is pretty impressive uh, to see him be able to do this. And, it, and it's also just a... You know, I, I think the question is, is is Carlos Alcaraz the new Spaniard king in tennis? Is that what he's going to do now? I, I called him the John Rahm of tennis. How do you like that? Mm. He's got that same kind of fire too. What's what's with the Spaniards and that fire I kept saying yesterday? I was like, he just gives off so many John Rahm, Sergio Garcia, Ryder Cup fist pump vibes. Like every time he hit a winner and I couldn't help think of that. So uh, yeah, I mean, the, listen, Mike. The King of Spain gave him a standing O throughout the entire finale. You know, what a performance in front of the King. Uh, so really impressive stuff from Alcaraz. That was his second major too. So this is this is becoming old hat for him at 20 years young. 
I think this is interesting too to look at. So the you remember Rafael Nadal. We all remember Rafael Nadal. He's still right. playing tennis out there. He beat Federer for his first Wimbledon victory. Another mm. great at the time, the greatest to play the game. Love that. And now we have another Spaniard taking down the greatest to play the game. It's funny how that lineage works because we talk about that again with the golf comparison. Remember, we had Jose Maria Olothabel ushering in a young Sergio in the Ryder Cup. Mm. And then we had Sergio ushering in a young John Rahm in the Ryder Cup. And that's foreseeably going to hand itself down again. It's funny how that kind of lineage works for, for the Spanish athletes. But Alcaraz taking full advantage of it. That was really impressive to watch. Check out the highlights if you haven't seen them yet. All right. What were you tuned into this past week? I'm, I'm all about the hype surrounding these summer blockbuster movies, Mike. So we got three mm. on the on the buffet plate right now. Yeah. I want you to I want you to tell me one you're in on, one you're out on, and one you're kind of met on. So we've obviously got the Barbie movie. Every yeah. commercial in the world is pink right now. Everyone's in on the Barbie movie. We've got Mission Impossible yep. starring Tom Cruise, the action hero, blockbuster hero himself. And then we've got Oppenheimer, yep. all kind of on the plate right here. So, so which one are you in on? Which one are you out on? Which one are you man on? I'm in on all three. I love it. I want to see all three. I I, I got to be honest. I, I, of all three, though, I'm probably not going to see Oppenheimer in the theater because I, I'm sorry. I can't do like three hours in a movie theater anymore. <laughs> mm, that's a tough length for me, too. I am in on Oppenheimer. You're right. But that length is is a non-starter for me. I, yeah. I think I've got a pretty hard cap at like two hours, 215 for me when it comes to in theater movies. Yeah, yeah, we're getting to that age where, you know, halfway through a movie, I, I get up and go to the bathroom and three <laughs> yes. hours is just too much. <laughs> My wife makes fun of me because every single time we go into the movie theater, regardless of even if I just went to the bathroom like 30 minutes earlier, yeah. I will still go on yep. the way to the theater in the bathroom. Yep. Yep. And I kind of laugh at myself for it, for, but I'm justified now that you said that. So yeah. thank you. It's it's every time, every time. <laughs> That's the problem with those Marvel movies now. They're so long, you got to take a you got to take a break, but they're nonstop action. So you never know when to take a break. Kind of start wearing a diaper to the theater or something. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll be yeah. curious to see what the hype is between those three movies over in Ireland or something. Who cares mm-hmm. the most? I'm, I'm thinking that's maybe more of a Mission Impossible crowd, but we'll see. But maybe. regardless, we'll see. big time blockbuster movies coming out this week. All right, let's get into this week's guest as we prep and pack this week for our trip to Ireland. Um, we you got to catch up, Alex, with a past guest of the show who does regular golf trips to Ireland. Yeah, we needed a little bit of trip trip prep, you know. We we had yeah. Elizabeth Diane Veith on last week. And now we're having another show, a friend of the show, back on. Alyssa Kesar, you know her as new lady golfer on Instagram. She does some really awesome golf travel content. And I kept seeing her go to Ireland, so I had to hit her up and ask her for all the tips and tricks to getting around the golf courses there in Ireland, and uh, a lot of stuff for anyone who's planning a trip out there in the coming months as well. We'll get to that conversation with Alyssa in just a moment. But first, let's talk to you about our friends at the Live Take app. This is where sports debates are solved at once and for all. You can challenge other people, your friends on the app to share their hot takes and see who everyone agrees with and who may be right. And I think this is particularly interesting, Alex, because last week our Live Take was which of the big four sports would you eliminate? Mm, You said Major League Baseball. was a no. hot take and you said the nfl i said the nfl wow. and as of right now on this monday afternoon when we're recording 
I have surged into the lead and people agree with me that the NFL should go away. Which is fascinating because even after we did that live take, you were like a little squeamish on what the results might be. I, and, I kind of, yeah, it was, I knew they wasn't going to win. And yet somehow over the last the 48 people, hours, Mike, <laughs> the people have let their voice be heard on the live yes. take app. And, and you've actually been proven right, despite the True. fact that even you yourself thought you might be wrong. Amazing. Wow. You know, it just goes to show you that you just need people on your side to make you confident. So oh, that's 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 what you get. Or maybe not confident if that's how the people actually disagree with you. It's whatever you want. So you get the, you get the people decide the winner, not just your friends. You can challenge us on the on the app. Uh, he's COL podcast. Alex, I'm COL podcast. Michael uh, will do a live take every week there as well. Golf and other things like we just said, MLB versus NFL. We've done uh, who's the goat as well. Joey Chestnut or Tom Brady. Joey Chestnut was the goat, by the way. Yeah, and I already have ours this week. So head over to the Live Take app this week, and you're going to hear us debate a 427-yard driver versus a 225-yard pitching wedge. Which one's more impressive? How about that? It's, it's going to be a fun conversation for sure. So check out the Live Take app on your app store and get it on your phone and let your take be heard. All right, next up on the tee, we have a return guest joining us. She's the host of Golf Life TV, an event host for the Farmers Insurance Open at Torrey Pines. She does all sorts of golf travel content around the world. So I figured what better guest to have us here to help us prepare for our trip to Ireland. It's Alyssa Kesar joining the Course of Life. Alyssa, how are you doing tonight? I'm great. Thanks for having me back again. I'm looking forward to catching up since we last spoke. Definitely. It's been a little bit over a year. Uh, she goes by the new lady golfer on IG. If you're not following already, um, I want to quickly get a couple of news and notes out of the way because we had a big win in professional golf for someone I know that you have a lot of ties to. I want to talk about Ricky's win at the rocket mortgage. Most recently, he's been one of my favorite golfers forever. And I know you have a really cool connection to him, not only through the farmers, but some recent work you've done as well. Yeah, it was so good to see him win again. I mean, he's, he's, one of, you know, genuinely nice guy on the tour. And I've always had really nice interactions with him, whether it be farmers or uh, when I did the pop stroke tour championship, got to really be around the course and get a lot of good interview FaceTime with him and Paula Creamer. And it's just nice to see kind of that monkey come off of his back and get back in the winner's circle since it's been quite a few years now since he's been there. Yeah, that was a really appropriate reaction by him. It wasn't so much like the jubilation of winning. It was just that sigh of relief, like, oh my God, I'm finally back. So it was good to see. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very happy for him. He deserves it. Good to see him back there. And hopefully that's a sign, you know, working with Butch Harmon, hopefully that's a sign of more good things to come from him. Yeah, definitely. I think we might see another win out of him later this year, hopefully, optimistically. Um, let's talk a little bit about your golf game because the last time we checked in and our audience heard from you was about May or June 2022. Uh, you had just crushed your first tee shot in front of George Lopez and Lee Trevino. Um, so I want to ask, how's the game been since? Because I know you've already been back to that event once as well. It's been really good. That was a very special moment for me. Uh, the driver has always been my toughest club. And when I had the opportunity to hit that ceremonial tee shot, let alone hit it with legend Lee Trevino, I was very nervous. So that going as well as it did, it's one of my favorite memories of my golf life. And uh, yeah, my game's been in a really good place. 
I've gotten to work with, I still work with Mike Mags and I've had the opportunity to do some work with uh, the guys of me and my golf. They're, they live in San Diego now from the UK. They also coach and work with Aaron Rye on the PGA tour. And they've nice. been a addition to my lesson repertoire and have helped me a lot. And I, one of my main goals for 2023 was to finally break 80. It's been a goal of mine for a few years now, been trying to get there. And in February, I finally did it. So I set that goal at the beginning of 2023. I said, it is happening. And then shortly into February, I was able to do it on a Friday afternoon, just out there playing for fun, not not shooting content, not a social media trip, just playing for pure fun. And I shot a 77. So that was a very almost like a Ricky Fowler moment where I just felt so relieved, so happy. I've been at a plateau for a bit and that just felt so good to finally accomplish it. I was so happy. Um, and then I, was, yeah. I was back at the George Lopez event this past May and they had me hit the first tee shot again at the beginning of the, you know, to kick the day off. And it w- it went great. I basically hit an identical shot to last year's, but a bit stronger, a bit more aggressive, but still a little bit down the middle, right side of the fairway. Um, you could just tell I had a little bit more confidence with my swing than I did last year. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I can see the game's coming a long way from what I've seen from your clips on social. And uh, it's good to have those goals and chase them down and beat them. And I love to see that you're taking it super seriously. Um, I'm curious um, regarding uh, the 77, um, was there ever a moment where you were thinking about breaking 80 because it all, because my best rounds always tend to happen when I'm focusing as little on the score as possible. You know, I kind of forget at this point, but I mean, I knew I was playing well. I think yeah. I shot a 38 on the front, but I don't okay. like to know my score at the turn because then it messes with me because I know that if I'm sub 40, through the first nine holes that there's a possibility that if I can keep it going, that I'm going to break 80 again. Uh, so I don't like to know my score at the turn and you kind of know, right. If you're playing really well and you know, if you're basically getting pars or even get a birdie in there and you're not really getting bogeys or double bogeys, you're playing really well. So I felt, I knew I was playing well, but, um, was, was trying not to worry about score and, uh, yeah, came down the last couple holes, stayed mentally strong, not really thinking too much about score. And I do think I bogeyed 18, but so I was putting for par on 18 for a 76, but wow. I didn't know that at the time. I didn't know <laughs> where I was at on the back nine. I just knew what I had shot in the front and then I had missed the putt for par. Uh, so I knew I was going to be close and then we got to the carts and added it up and then I had done it. So it was really a great moment. Awesome. Very exciting to see. Again, we're talking with Alyssa Kesar, new lady golfer on Instagram. Um, I'm having her on a little bit selfishly, not only to get everyone updated on her life, but also to check in on her travels recently because she just did a golf trip that we are about to embark on for the first time. Um, so it's going to be our first time traveling to Ireland, our first time playing Lynx golf. Tell everyone a little bit about your relationship with golf in Ireland and, and your recent experiences there as well. Irish golf is a whole different experience. So you are definitely in for a treat. 
My boyfriend, his family is from Ireland, the west of Ireland, from a town called Sligo, right on the Atlantic Ocean. It is a beautiful part of the world. And Dublin is an awesome city. I was there for St. Patrick's Day this past year and had a great time. But once you start venturing out of the city and into the country, you will get surrounded by just beautiful, green countryside, lots of sheep, horses. It's just beautiful. It's such a beautiful country. And when the sun is out, it sparkles. And the Atlantic Ocean on the west of Ireland, when the sun hits the water, it's a deep blue green. It's hard to explain. It's just beautiful, beautiful coastline. So back to my connection with it. My boyfriend's family is from there and they, um, his childhood friend and friends are members of County Sligo Golf Club also at Ross's Point. So we played that course. I played four times during our two-week trip. Some other great courses right around that area. There's uh, one called Strand Hill, also right on the water. You have Enniscrone, which is about 40 minutes away. But there are tons of golf courses along the coast and all really all throughout Ireland. So um, hopefully you will be able to hit a handful of golf courses, but you should be prepared for absolutely everything because we had great weather and it was very mild speak in Ireland weather terms, but I experienced every form of weather element that you could imagine on the golf course this past trip. <laughs> mm, yes, definitely. An, an adversary is the weather from what I've heard. Let's get to that before I get to the other logistics of the trip. Um, let's talk about the outfit game. I'd consider you probably a fashionista in golf these days. So I, I got to know what specifically to wear though, but I think it's might not be as fashionable as you'd like, cause you got to deal with a lot of different elements. So what does the wardrobe look like for, for a day golfing in Ireland? So you depending on the weather, it was funny when we were getting ready to go, I was looking at the weather and I see 75 degrees and I'm like, is that a true 75 degrees or is 75 degrees in Ireland different? Because I can't, I don't connect wearing shorts or even a golf skirt with Ireland. I just don't. (laughs) Um, and the weather was very mild and the temperature was very warm. I generally get cold. So even if it's 75 degrees, I can get away with wearing pants. Um, But I pretty much just wore pants. And then I had like a base layer. And then the one day I did wear a thin, a thinner PXG sweater. But I think you'd be perfectly fine with just, I had wore some G4, like uh, three quarter or half zips that are like that um, thinner material. But I had a base layer on and then one of those over and I was Actually, one, two of the days I was a little bit too warm because you walk the course there and you're walking a lot of hills and stuff like that. So, and if the sun's out and it's warm, you'll, you would probably be able to get away with wearing shorts, but you just need to check out the forecast, see what the weather is like, um, and prepare. And I just had my rain gear in my bag, luckily. And, um, you might have to break that out. You just never know. So (laughs) it's good to have it when you do need it because when it rains, it pours there. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. The rain and the wind are going to be some adversaries for sure. I'm curious playing in the wind and dealing with it. You know, you, you get California breezes. I know a little bit of wind in the spring and fall in Texas, but, um, what's that experience like playing in the wind overseas there? Does that change the way you strike the ball or swing the club at all? Yes. Um, I, okay. So on my, the fourth round I played, it was 40 mile an hour sustained wind. Jeez. Okay. Wow. 
And it was one of the most frustrating golf rounds I've ever had. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the wind literally affects everything you do, um, even putts. So it's, that's what, it's just such a different game than over here in San Diego. It's 75 sunny, a tiny light breeze. I mean, it's, I'll never take, not that I took that weather for granted to golf in. I never did, but I makes me appreciate it even more now. Um, I mean, I have my one club, I hit my six iron around 150, 160 yards Okay. with the wind. I think I hit it like 180 and then on a different hole into the wind, I think I hit it like 110. (laughs) You know, halfway through the round, I'm like, okay, I know what distance I have that I need to hit it, but I have no idea what club to hit because I have no clue how far any of them are going to go at this point, you know? So it just made it really difficult. And if you hit too much club or too little or too little club, depending on the wind, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. And then it becomes very tough to recover. So it did make the round quite a bit more challenging. And my score was easily 10 strokes higher, if not a few more than 10 strokes higher than what I would, than what I basically shot in another round um, on the same course, but just in different conditions. Got it. I'm watching out for the wind. All right. That's going to be the main enemy. Love it. Um, in terms of uh, golf highlights for you, uh, people can check out your Instagram for what's almost maybe a hole in one scare, but uh, what, what's your favorite uh, shot or hole that uh, rings through from your most recent trip to Ireland in Sligo County? Uh, gosh, that's such a tough question because they're all, there were some beautiful golf holes right along the water. Um I, maybe I would say maybe the one you called out when we were chatting before we started recording was the ninth hole. It's a par three, um, has an incredible view of this mountain called Ben Bulbin, um, along the coast. So you can see water, you see this beautiful mountain that day. I took that video. The weather was perfect. Just a very light little Irish breeze and it was blue skies. Sun was out, perfect temperature. And I mean, I hit nice. this shot to like a foot. Uh, for an easy kick in birdie. So that was, that was a cool hole. Definitely. Love it. Um, one logistic thing I wanted to ask about regarding the travel, because we're both experiencing this going from the U S to Ireland. This is for anyone really taking that overseas golf trip. We're going to be taking that night flight where we're getting there in the morning and then we're hopping out to the course within hours of landing after doing the long flight. What's your travel advice? You're going all the way from West coast to Ireland. Uh, how did you navigate that in terms of uh, sleep versus awake time? So I'm very lucky to have quite a bit of experience getting over to Europe with those red eye flights. And I just try my best to to sleep the hours that would make sense. You know, you try to get your body on the time. Um, where are you flying from? Austin, Texas here. Yeah. So okay. central time zone. So do you have a, do you, are you able to fly straight into Dublin? No, stopping in Chicago. So it's going to be about a seven hour flight from Chicago to Dublin. Okay. So I I would try to get as much sleep on that second leg as possible. Um, I would bring some, I don't know. I'm not a coffee drinker, but I like to use other sources of caffeine. So, you know, I would try to get some sleep, drink a lot of water, um, and then have some, you might be relying on some espresso or coffee or whatever your choice of caffeine is. 
And um, I think you'll have a lot of adrenaline. You'll be very excited. What, what's the first course you're playing? Going into Dublin? What like are you playing? Yeah, we're Dublin? playing Royal Dublin first, and then a couple other courses in the area before we go down south. Yeah, you know, you'll just have to rely on your adrenaline. You'll be very excited to be there, and you'll be taking it all in. And so I think your adrenaline will also help carry, and excitement will help carry you through that first day. But you'll probably be pretty tired by that evening. So just want to get some good rest. Definitely. Um, yeah. In terms of the adrenaline and keeping the energy levels going, it's four rounds in a week, which for myself and the average amateur golf golfer is an extreme amount of golf to play four rounds in a week. You do a lot of good fitness content into how you kind of stay fit and fresh and healthy for all the golf you play, you know, outside of the extra stretching that I may have done recently. What's some good advice for someone out there who's going on a trip where they're all of a sudden going to be playing a lot of golf in a short amount of time? Advil. <laughs> mm, okay. Noted. I'm just joking, but I'm joking, but also not joking. Um, yep. <laughs> I think if you're, if you have a routine that you like to do for stretching and mobility, I think that that's the most important. I try not to work out too, too much before rounds like that, because like I said, you are going to be walking and you're going to be walking lots of miles throughout the day and hills and, and all that kind of stuff and navigating the terrain. So the first thing that goes on me is my back if I'm doing a lot of walking and whatnot. So, you know, I would ease up on the workouts, but definitely if you have a stretching and mobility routine, I would do that in the morning and I would do it at night. And then for in between, should you need, you have the Advil, like, you know, I use that sometimes and it helps make a big difference. (laughs) Um, but yeah, you'll be, you're young and you're fit. You'll be good. (laughs) <laughs> Thanks again. Listen to KSR hopping on with us, just giving us a little bit of advice for our Ireland trip here. Let's get to the fun stuff now. Um, I've heard a lot about traditional Irish Irish food. Let's talk about eating in Ireland. Um, I've heard about Irish breakfast and stews and fish and chips, but what's stuck out to you most and what's maybe the best thing you've had to eat in recent Ireland trips? So you can't go wrong with, I mean, the, have you been to like England and had like the fry that they call it for breakfast? Only, only my co-host has it. I have not been to England now. It's my first Europe trip. Okay. So Irish breakfast is very similar. They call it a fry and it's a combination of like sausage, bacon, eggs, um, black pudding, which I do have not tried and do not have, but that's the question mark for everyone is that black pudding there. Everyone's wondering about that. (laughs) There's also white pudding and black pudding. The Irish love it. So there's that. Um, you can't go wrong with like, I feel like they do soups and like, um, shepherd's pie, things like that. Comfort foods. I feel like they do those really well. Um, and, um, I don't indulge too much in like traditional Irish food, but you have to promise me that you will try and do the Guinness challenge. Do you like Guinness? Yes. So I've heard this has something to do with how much Guinness I drink. What on the first sip or go sip, right? Yes. Yes. So the, my group of friends does it a little bit differently, but you know, in a Guinness glass, they have the word, there's like the harp and then the word Guinness. So yep. the goal is in the first sip, to get it the way we do it, you have to get it to the line of the beer between the harp, which is like a tiny little line between the harp and the word Guinness. But the way a lot of other people do it is you have to split the G. So you know how there's like in the G, it goes like that, the line, you have to get it to the line of the G. 
So I love that. It's kind of like a little bit of a, uh, like a putting competition closest to the pin, but with drinking. (laughs) Exactly. So we play it where you have to split the harp and the word Guinness, but other people will argue that you have to get it to split the G and then you basically do it in a competition with other people. And, um, if you don't succeed, you are then supposed to chug the entire beer. Noted. Okay. Wow. I got a 16 then because I don't know if I got the second part in me. So, all right. To the G it is. I love it. That's a good challenge. I will be trying that for sure. Don't worry about, don't worry about chugging the beer, but it might be something (laughs) fun for you to do with your, your travel partners. Oh yeah. There will be Guinness. There will be whiskey for sure. It's going to be a fun time in in Dublin and everywhere we go. Um, I'm curious what, what's maybe the best 19th hole meal you had in Ireland. If you can remember one, your 19th hole answer the last time you came on the show uh, was grilled fish tacos and a spicy skinny Mark. So I'm doubting they had that in Ireland, but what, what did you enjoy maybe from a 19th hole or the clubhouse in Ireland? I had gin and soda, not gin and tonic. Gin and soda was my 19th hole drink, especially walking off after that day with the 40 mile per hour winds. It was a captain's day at the golf course. So it was a competition. So, you know, here I am trying to play my best and just absolutely frustrated. And I walked off the golf course and, um, you know, my boyfriend and his friends had already finished probably 30 to 45 minutes before me. And I just, they're all in there drinking has smiling like they've already processed what just happened for the last five hours and i'm walking in like fresh off of 18 like this and um yeah that gin and soda went down nice and easy and then i was like able to take a deep breath and and relax and start having some fun again (laughs) yeah one 19th hole drink usually puts a little bit of them in perspective so it's good to hear um i'm curious it's still the spicy margarita at home i Still like those. I had one Friday after I played. It was very good. Nice. I just had some grilled shrimp tacos tonight as well, too, in honor of you. Um, you I'm curious, Alyssa, what's uh, what's up next for you travel-wise before we sign off? You're always doing something, going somewhere crazy. I saw you even fit in a Royal Ascot trip when you were over in Ireland most recently. But what do you got in like August and September travel-wise? Anything exciting at all? Oh, my gosh. Even before, earlier than that, I am leaving tomorrow to go to Calgary. So I will be in Calgary. I'm going to play at Banff Springs. So I'm really looking forward to that. Yep. So I'll be there till Tuesday. I come home for a day. Then I head to Tahoe for the ACC championship and the Barracuda. Then I come home um, for a little bit, like a week. And then I'll be at the 3M Open in Minnesota, taking me to the end of July. And then for the first two weeks of August, I will be in Greece and Spain. And that's a, that's a, you know, a personal trip that I'm really excited about. And that will be during my birthday too. So should Very be really cool. cool. It sounds like you're getting some good PGA tour time in as well too. CUDA 3M. That's nice. Yes. I'm very excited. I went to the ACC last year. Uh, that was really fun. I'll be there this year with Travis Matthew and do, and promoting their onsite activations, um, for ACC. And then I'll be working directly with the Barracuda team and the 3M team. So very excited and looking forward to that as well. Definitely. It was great seeing you on the trip with um, Cass Meyer, who we recently had, had really had on, and Tish as well in Mexico. Shout out that resort because you were looking like the Charlie's Angels of Golf out there. That was some awesome photos and video. Thank you. Yeah, it was it was beautiful. I'd never been to Punta Mita, so you fly into Puerto Vallarta. It's like maybe an okay. hour drive to Punta Mita. We stayed at the Conrad, which was gorgeous right on the water the rooms were great the food the service there was you know when you travel there's always maybe one little thing that sticks out that i don't know that isn't quite as good or one little hiccup 
there were zero hiccups. Everything okay. was absolutely perfect from the weather, the golf course, the serve, everything. It was perfect. And we had such a good time. And Jess, our agent, she was there with us. And we had Tessa along with us. And she shot a lot of the photos and videos. So all around, it was a great trip. We had fun. And we also shot a lot of great content. Definitely. It's hard to keep up with you, but if you can, it's a new lady golfer on Instagram. Again, Alyssa, thank you so much for hopping on, giving us the advice for our Ireland trip. And uh, I can't wait to try the Guinness challenge now. Yes, of course. Have so much fun. I can't wait to hear all about it. See photos, hear about the courses that you played. I hope you have a great time and enjoy every moment. That interview is brought to you by Zencaster. We've been using Zencaster forever on this podcast since the very beginning to record our audio. Of course, I am in Georgia. Alex is in Texas. So we need a good, high-quality recording program that will make sure we get high-fidelity audio. And this does a great job to do it. It's super stable. And everything is recorded on the person's individual computer. So if you have a connection issue, which sometimes we have, it's all right. All the audio is there. This is one of the reasons I love Zencaster. It's super easy to record a podcast with Zencaster. You log in with your browser. You start recording a high-quality podcast right away. You record studio-quality sound and up to 4K video even with your guests. You can feel a sense of Zen knowing that Zencaster's multi-layered backups ensure you always have your recordings in the highest quality, even if the connection is unstable. And have you ever worried what you sound like? Zencaster's post-production process makes you sound buttery smooth. It automatically removes those ums and ahs in your recording, removes those awkward pauses in conversation too, set the right podcast loudness and levels while reducing background noise with a click of a button. Head on over to Zencaster, that's Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R, Zencaster.com slash pricing and use our promo code course of life and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. We want you to have the same easy experiences we do for all of our podcasting and content needs. So again, that's Zencaster.com slash pricing. It's time to share your story. And we're back. Great chat with Alyssa. Again, we, we got to keep in mind our wardrobe for this trip, Alex. We are used to, I'm right now used to 95, 90, 95 degree heat with 75 degree humidity. And it's just like, it's 120 out there in the sun. There's no wind or anything. Same-sies. And now we're yep. going to go to this weather where it's going to be, you know, 65 and sunny maybe on one. But by the time we get to 10, it's going to be 40 and rainy and 25 mile an hour gale force winds. This is why we brought Alyssa on. This is why we had Elizabeth on last week. We needed advice from people who actually travel and do this for real. You know, we're just amateurs learning how to do this for real. And she's been in every climate and played everywhere in Ireland. So it was really great perspective from her. And also, I appreciate the fair warning about the wind. In my head, I have myself like being like wet a lot from the rain, but it seems like it's going to be more of a win negotiation issue mm-hmm. when we're out there playing next week. You know, I, the one thing I will say that I that I like knowing that there's going to be a lot of wind is that that's the excuse for when I play as bad as I play. So it's the wind. <laughs> and no, but but you but you, uh, if it's downwind into the wind, Mike, 
you know, a crosswind is going to be interesting for us. I'm going to be, that's going to be interesting to see how we navigate that. But downwind, it's all systems go. So you're out of excuses if we get nine holes downwind. But then when we turn and we hit that breeze, that's when you know the excuses are coming out. Look, whatever I can do to make sure that it's not my fault and my lack of play and my lack of ability for me playing so poorly, I'm going to take that excuse every day of the week. <laughs> there he is. We're always searching for the excuse. Love it. Uh, yeah. Thanks again for, for Alyssa for hopping back on the show. She always keep up with her at new lady golfer. She traveled all over the place. She was just at Tahoe last weekend at the American century. Her travels never end as you could hear from her conversation. So she's a really great follow for, for golf and golf travel content as well. And if you like that conversation with Alyssa, plus everything else we do here on this podcast, make sure you punch that subscribe button. You uh, give us a rating of uh, anywhere from one to four stars or a thumbs up or whatever the appropriate positive response is on the podcast app you're using. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and threads. We'll be posting everything from our trip from Ireland next week. COL podcast, Course Alive, Alex, M-W-R-I-N-C. We're on Twitter too, but I got to be honest, Alex, I'm not on Twitter anymore. I'm just on threads. That's where I'm at. Yeah, I know. I'm enjoying threads a little bit more as well, too. But Twitter's still crushing it for the breaking news, though. When news breaks, it's a little bit easier to filter and find things in the moment. So I'm still using it for that purpose. But regardless, you can find us wherever you are on social. All right. Let's uh, go down the wormhole of yes, the week. That's right. I got New a couple of random we ones just for rolled you. Out, so uh, what, what wormhole did you go down? Yeah, Zhao Ma, Mike. What? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Zhao Ma, a uh, YouTuber, over 5 million subscribers. He's doing pretty good in the YouTube game. Uh, American kid, New York based, married to a Chinese woman. So he takes up not only Chinese, but basically he learns languages on the fly. He goes to uh, Chinatown in New York City or different parts or different countries around the world. And he shocks people with a camera on by speaking their native tongue. He speaks Swahili to Kenyans in Africa. He speaks all different Indian dialects. He even did a video in Ireland, Mike, where he spoke the authentic, like original, like Gaelic language uh, to some older Irish folks. Um, so Zhao Ma, a fascinating YouTube wormhole. And my other one, Mike, was chess. Uh, just watching chess videos, grandmasters. Uh, there's a guy named Magnus Carlson who's been a prodigy yeah. since he's like a two or three-year-old. Wrapped in scandal right now. Also, yeah, well, yeah I've heard a little bit about that. Yeah, I know he had a match against Gary Kasparov that I was watching, but uh, fascinating to to dive into the chess YouTube wormhole. Um, you'll find some interesting characters on there. Let's just say that. You will indeed. Yeah. Let's hashtag always end with food. Yeah, let's get to the real good stuff here. Always end with food at always end with food on Instagram for all of our food content nonsense. This is where we spill it out on Course of Life, though. We got a lot to get to. I got a couple. You got a couple as well, too. Mm-hmm. I'll lead the way, Mike. Uh, Outback Steakhouse. I made my return to the Outback for the first time in over a decade. How long has it been since you've been to the Outback? Uh, it's been a long time. But from what I remember of them, the Bloomin' Onion is great and the steaks are overseasoned. Bloomin' Onions still hit hard. Hmm. Overseasoned? Eh, maybe. I don't know. I'd give it like a six and a half or a seven out of ten. I did the steak and coconut shrimp combo. Bloomin' Onion still amazing. Yep. Uh, even got an extra side. They messed it up, so I got my baked potato for free, fully nice. loaded. Uh, so good good experience at the Outback overall. If you don't want to break the bank with the steak purchase, that's definitely still the move these days. So I'm, I'm leading off always in with food. My Outback review will go, will go 7.3 out of 10 overall. Mm. All right. Yeah. All right. Um, 
I, let me let me follow it up with I went to a much better restaurant than you this weekend. I, I bet you did. Yeah. No yeah. offense to Outback. <laughs> uh, no offense. Well, actually, yeah. Offense to Outback. That's fine. I don't care if they're taking offense to this. Uh, so we, we were uh, the um, my wife and I were celebrating our anniversary uh, a month late because I tried to get a reservation at the old pink house here in Savannah, oh, yeah. uh, which is world renowned. If you come to Savannah, it's at like the top of everyone's list as a place to go to. And I tried booking a reservation a month out from our actual anniversary, which was last month. And there was nothing unless I wanted to eat at four o'clock in the afternoon or 10 o'clock at night. So typical. <laughs> so I was able to find something for this past weekend. And uh, we were able to go and it was uh, excellent. It was as good as everyone said it was going to be. Um, app or salad start? What'd you guys get to so entree? So we did, we did a, a crab dip starter nice. special that they had. And it wasn't so much a dip as just like jumbo lump crab in a, in a, in a dish. That works for me. Yeah, that's fine. No complaints. Uh, very crab forward. Not much of anything else in there for filler. So it was just nice and fresh and light. Uh, my wife got uh, fried shrimp for the entree. Very classic, yeah. uh, you know, low country dish. And I got uh, jumbo sea scallops, which mm, were just beautifully yes. done. Really simple. Nothing crazy going on. Sort of mashed potatoes and green beans. Just classic. Super easy. Um, and just executed perfectly. And it all started, too, with some nice, fresh, pillowy biscuits, which were also very good. Mm, yeah, you guys love the biscuit starter down there. Yeah, I love it that. is the South. Nice. <laughs> Um, speaking of the travel and the eating, uh, so we're traveling, Mike. You and I are going to be on transatlantic flights. Yep. And we're going to be served a meal. What, we are. What, what do you think that's going to be? Have you looked into what that's going to be? Uh, I'm assuming it's going to be either like chicken or, or steak, and I'm assuming it's going to be not very good. Yeah, I mean, it looks decent from what I've seen. I think there's also maybe a pasta option, TBD, uh, but I'm very curious to see what actually happens. I just found out the lovely news that since I'm flying from Chicago, I'm going to get some sort of hot breakfast sandwich right before we land. You'll be getting Ooh. orange juice, so get excited for that as well, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm very curious to see what the in-flight dining experience has been like, because as you and I know, when we travel mostly domestically, we're just in the age of just chips, peanuts, crackers, and a soda. Yeah. I haven't seen an actual meal on a flight in a long long time sorry sorry people out there i don't i don't live the first class we life don't. like you we might don't. so i haven't been privy to this so this will be a unique experience for me look i'm expecting this to be uh maybe slightly better than frozen tv dinner quality yeah. served on a tray uh everything wrapped in plastic and like a cup of water not even like literally like one of those little like applesauce cups but filled with water I'll that's take what it. I'm expecting. If that's quota, I will sign off on quota right there. Yeah. Yeah. The question is, do you bring more food? Because you also don't want to eat too much because you want to fall asleep after the meal. This so, is true. I, I think mean, it's served pretty early. So I hopefully hopefully they do hopefully. it nice and early and then we can be on our way for some shut eye if, if we if it allows. If it um, allows. And what else we got? Oh, yeah, I sent you the uh the bread mailbox story. What were, yeah. what were your thoughts on this here? Uh so this was about a woman in Texas showing how hot it was baking a loaf of bread <laughs> yes. in her mailbox. Our resident um, baker, what's your feedback here? <laughs> uh I have a feeling that while it probably was hot enough to bake the loaf of bread, you probably did not get the appropriate crust or rise out of that loaf. It was probably very flat and mm. not very good. <laughs> okay. All right. So no, yeah, no crush, no rise. Yeah. It, it probably did produce a bread substance, though, right? It produced something that could resemble bread if, like, Chat GPT was trying to make bread. <laughs> Interesting. 
Well said. Have you seen the burgers on the windshield and the car windshield? Have you seen that video? I've seen too? eggs on the on the on the sidewalk. That's I mean, the one I'm thinking yeah. about doing. I, is going out to a golf course and cooking an egg on the side of the car path. Well, that, yeah. do you think that'll cook if it's 110 uh, degrees out? It might. It might. If you're doing it at the end of the day after it's been just baking for the whole day. And, this yeah. is all the stuff that you can look forward to following when you catch <laughs> up with us on social media and you click subscribe right now. We thank you for tuning in to The Course of Life. That's a good wrap on this week's episode. We'll see you next week with a lot of exciting Ireland content coming your way. Thanks for tuning in.